0: Welcome to the first episode of Conversations for Intentional Parenting. I'm Sharon Diamond, counselor at Keyes School on the Lower School Campus.
1: And I'm Joan Young. I'm the counselor at the Middle School. Before we jump into today's topic, we wanted to share kind of some background about why we decided to record this series of conversations. Parenting is one of the most difficult challenges, I think. And there's really no guidebook, no one way that works for everyone. So we want to honor that parenting is complex and messy and emotional, and we need to support each other and be honest with our challenges and give each other some hope. So you are the expert of your child. Um, It takes an intentional focus and pretty much nonstop work to master this parenting thing.
0: We're starting with clear limits and expectations as our focus because we know that boundaries and expectations at home are critical to student well-being and school success. And we see that the students and families who have consistency and routines are those that that thrive um, and that can grow with the challenges that come throughout the years in development and parenting. It's really helpful to have a foundation for all the things that get layered on throughout childhood and adolescence and starting with an intentional focus on limits and expectations so that you're not always reacting, but have a, a bit of a plan. Um, that you can refer back to.
1: Because the idea of family values and what people actually want to have happen in their household is really kind of the the foundation.
0: It's that idea of zooming out for a moment and thinking about why are these rules created? Uh, What are they based on? What's the motivation behind them? That can help guide that next step for when the rules are not followed, those logical consequences that we want to be able to implement. But we have to understand why we're implementing them.
1: And taking the time um, to establish something called a family charter, or mm-hmm. sort of your set of family values, can be really helpful in setting up the why behind those rules and routines and expectations. And we will do a future episode focusing solely on that because it's such an important thing to do to establish your foundation. Yeah, I think because you decide how everyone in the family wants to be, how they want to feel, how they want to act, and then parents can say when when it's not going well well in this family we are kind to each other we listen to each other we value your voice and they have an important role in developing those expectations which can be key
0: that's something as a school we've been um, exploring and implementing so it definitely would um, make sense to be able to carry that in over into people's homes
1: when your routines and your rules are not working, there's a reason. And it could be that you haven't started with the foundation. What are what are the values and what is the vision that you'd like to have?
0: When it's not working, not continuing with what's not working, taking the time to step back and think about, okay, how can this go differently? And that's what we hope to be able to guide people through through these conversations, how to figure out when it's not working, what to change and what to do.
1: Yeah, you don't create rules in a vacuum. And I think when I was growing up, rules were just this thing. Because and I, I had, said so. Yeah, and I had no idea why they were the rules, but I knew I had to follow them and we're living in a different world.
0: And then it's a work in progress. You gotta go back and re-examine and readjust as different situations come up, as children grow, as family changes happen, um, that flexibility. But if it's based on common values and things that are important to the family as a whole, it will continue to honor what, what's important to you.
1: And sometimes I think we, have to, we think we have to do that all on our own, but kids love to be part of that conversation and love to help you frame the routines and the way you do things. And I think we have to be okay with good enough we don't need to be perfect parents. We're not here to know everything right at the beginning. And our children give us information every day in their behavior, in their connection to us. And I think if we can pause and not be so frantic about it, there's a lot of insight in there that we can find. And, and we're not alone. We have each other. We have the parents in our community. We have all of the faculty at Keys who want to help you be the best parent you can be. Before we dive into the scenarios that um, come up a lot at home and you know for parents we have some questions for you to think about as you reflect on your parenting and your routines in your household. Um, These help us be more intentional and maybe think about things that we just hadn't considered. I ask myself have I observed and looked for times that my routines went well We often focus on the times that they don't go well, because Mm -hmm. as humans, we tend to focus on the negative more often than the positive. And if we don't record or note or take a journal, you know, write in a journal, we probably lose track of those times when those routines did go well. So it's important when we look at times that our routines did go well, um, we want to be a scientist about it and sort of analyze what were those factors, you know? Did I do something differently? Did I ask my child to be more involved? Sometimes it's even helpful to reflect with your child and say, wow, that really went well. Why do you think that happened? To give them a really important role in evaluating and establishing.
0: Providing feedback.
1: Yeah. Um, I do a thing with my grandson called roses and thorns after we get back from something and I say what's a rose from today what's something that really went well and what's something that didn't go well and kids are really able to help us out in figuring out the things that go well and not I ask are my expectations developmentally appropriate and you might be thinking, well, how do I know what's developmentally appropriate? I look at other kids in my child's class or I look at my nieces and nephews. We have some great resources to share with you um, that lay out developmentally appropriate um, expectations. Mm -hmm. Asking ourselves, am I modeling the behaviors I'd like to see? Kids are experts at observing us and when we are asking them to do something but we are not upholding that same behavior they see it a mile away and in middle school a lot of the times i talk to kids about their screens and when you're talking to a person looking at their face and they'll say well my parents do that all the time i don't know if they're listening and so we really need to make sure we are modeling what we want if we want those screens down we need to put those
0: screens down. And it's not to say that we all have to be behaving on an even playing field. Um, you know, there, there are differences between the, the behaviors that we would see from our children and from ourselves. Being respectful at the dinner table, meaning that there are no screens involved, is, is an easy way to have the same expectation for the adults as the children. You can model that behavior rather easily
1: the whole reason we want the screens to be down is to show that we're actually present and connected mm-hmm. with each other so that
0: underlying value of connection but you know screens down after bedtime can be something that can be really clear for children, but there may be an emergency work email that needs to be done. Um, but being able to clarify to your child, I am I may not be meeting that same expectation that I'm setting up for you, but this is what I need to do in order to take care of our family or be able to be available to read you books in 15 minutes. Um, being able to be really clear and, and explain that can go a long way in helping a child understand that Your rules are not going to be the same as my rules all the time.
1: Each child is different. There are kids that are questioners about everything, and there are kids that are just like, these are the rules, and that's what I want to do because I feel safer if I do that. I feel, you know, better. So it's definitely varies from child to child.
0: Which is what makes this work so challenging. (sighs) Right.
1: Another question um, is about consistency, and it sort of goes along with modeling, you know. Am I consistent with my... Routines. Do I model that a bedtime is a bedtime for me as well? And um, not that they have to be the same routines, but that we have routines and we follow them and we also brush our teeth and all of that um, I think is important.
0: And this is where it's also important to remember that we have to be flexible. At times there's things that are going to throw our routines off and knowing that not all is lost in those moments, but um, even being able to acknowledge like, I know tonight we had the music concert, so we're not going to get to bed or in the way that we normally do, and I'm just going to ask you to go home and get in your pajamas and go to sleep without our normal routine. And knowing that that doesn't mean that everything is thrown off for forever, just maybe for that evening.
1: Yeah, definitely that flexibility is key because life is rarely the same from week to week. Not so predictable. (laughs) And finally, um, last question for now, um, have I involved my child in setting up my rules? And this goes right back to the family charter that we'll talk about in the future um, because that involves all the voices in the family.
0: Having input from all family members helps create that buy-in, helps <laughs> each person feel validated, respected, uh, an important part of the family makeup. And while we are the parents and the adult, we recognize that we're doing this because we love our children, we care for them, we want to help them be successful, and having their voice be a part of the conversation uh, communicates that to them.